Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lunar Crush Live. We are super excited today. We've got the team from Zap Protocol. We've got Nick Spanos, and we've got Eric Mon Monganaro. If I got that right, Eric, if you're backstage, you're probably laughing at it right now. Um, so John's going to go through some social, but before we start, as always, uh, disclaimer, you know, we, we bring projects on here and people that we're, you know, interested in and that we think are doing great in the space. Uh, so we're not paid for any of this stuff. We're just bringing these people on. Um, and we have over the last couple of months. So, um, make sure that you get in that chat. You're asking some questions for the team. We'll try to get to everything we can, um, at the end there. Um, so please ask some good questions. Um, and then make sure you subscribe Lunar Crush Live. You know, we're trying to get close to a thousand here on Twitter. We are, uh, you know, we're out to a couple of thousand people with this, um, but YouTube, let's get this thing going. John, take it away. Thanks, Joe. Um, I am super excited to talk about Zap uh, social and market insights today. So because we're, we're seeing uh, quite, quite a lot of growth over the last year. So this is one that I, I would say, you know, considering that over the last year, um, the price has appreciated uh, specifically 1,726.35%. Um, it's something to investigate a lot further. And what uh, what we're seeing is if, you know, this is a one-year chart. And when you look at the first six months, um, you might've wanted to pay attention to this little spike over here back when social volume's going up. What it, What is going on? This is why it's important to pay attention to this stuff. So we saw that it's pretty flat and pretty small, just kind of getting going. Then all of a sudden, right around July, it's just gone absolutely parabolic. It went crazy. And so, you know, in that scenario, we had what price moved from 0 0.003 cents all the way up to 0.262. Wow. Um, and then we've kind of consolidated, come back, and it's still looking pretty solid. But I mean, overall, when you look at the social growth, I mean, we're talking anywhere between 4,000 to 7,000 um, percent growth over the past year here. So when we look at social volume, and actually, before I dig into each one of these metrics, uh, before we look at social volume, we also look at the correlation. So when we look at the correlation, we have a rank and it goes from like zero from zero to five and five being extremely correlated. And we see as the price moved up, um, we've seen that the correlations have increased. So as the community's grown, it's the price has become even more correlated in some scenarios here up to nearly five out of five, 4.7 out of five. So um, pretty exciting. So social and market growth are correlating together. So social volume, what, what this is looking at here uh, with a 4,525% growth is uh, social mentions. So this is every time that someone's talking about Zap protocol. It could be the ticker, it could be a hashtag, um, and you know any sort of variant of those. Um, it's grown a lot. And we're saying it's grown all the way up to, on some days, where are we? Almost 2,000 mentions in a day. Um, the engagement within those social posts has also gone up. In fact, it's even starting to increase a lot again. Um, we've seen that move up to as much as, what, 2.15 million engagements per day. And what that's looking at is it's looking at the depth of the conversation. So it's one thing that if someone's posting something about Zap Protocol, um, and if, let's say, it gets no comments, um, no retweets, no nothing, there's just nothing going on versus... If it gets a lot of engagement, that's what we're measuring here. And what's exciting about that is that it shows um, really the depth of community participation within those social posts. So the community is becoming increasingly excited, which is really pretty cool to watch. Um, we've seen the community itself. So it's one thing to say that there's a lot of posts, but who are those coming from? How many people are those coming from? Um, social contributors actually measures that. It measures the individuals 
that are posting. So, you know, one contributor per day could post many times as an example. And we're seeing those numbers go up a lot. And so, in fact, even more exciting is, yes, it's increased 900%, but those people are so excited that they're posting even more. So that's, that's also pretty cool. And then, you know, when we look at social dominance, um, what that is, is think of that as like market cap dominance, but for social. So out of all the social posts across, across the entire crypto market, and in some days we're now, we're now pushing a million posts that we're collecting before we take spam out, um, that's grown, uh, you know, a ton. So, I mean, there's been a back at the height here. When we look at this spike, uh, I mean, Zap Protocol accounted for 0.66% of all social posts across the crypto market that day. So pretty, pretty exciting. Um, and I just want to point out one more last one of these metrics, which is bullish sentiment. So we look at all of the posts that come in. Every single post gets classified by our machine learning, um, all the way from very bearish to very bullish. Um, it's become increasingly more accurate as we've collected a lot more posts. It requires a lot of data. Um, and we're seeing that the, the number of bullish posts has also gone up a lot as well. And just to point out one other thing on a yearly basis, when we look at like who are these coming from, um, which is also really exciting. There's a lot of projects that we see where it's the official account is always number one. And that's a good thing because that means they're doing a lot of marketing. But what's even more exciting is if the community is ahead of them because it means that they're they're really uh, like the community is really excited about what they're doing and they're even getting ahead of them, ahead of the actual main account, which is really exciting. And we're seeing over the last year, and actually I think you guys were on David's uh, live stream a little bit ago, we saw that, um, we're friends with David, we know him, but he's your top influencer with Auto Grow Crypto. Um, yes, I'll have some, saw him do a tweet this morning <laughs> and Gravis, see him doing a ton uh, I'm the debate and then there you are number six. So pretty cool that on a yearly basis, you got five people above you guys, which is quite, quite cool. Um, and you know, this is on a yearly basis. Uh, if I change this to a different time frame, it's different people. Um, we actually objectively measure these influencers by engagement activity and popularity in real time. So it's not just like, we're not picking these people. Um, this is actually reading those tweets that they bring in and other social posts. Um, and so with that, let's bring our guests in. Let's, let's talk Zap. Boom. Let's do this. Hello. Eric, Nick, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. That, looking at that, some of that growth, it's pretty pretty crazy to see what you guys have, have put together and the community is really excited. And for us, it, you know, around social, it's always been looking at the community over time and the growth and the excitement over time is really, you know, price aside, it, it's about the, you know, the ecosystem and what you're building. And so, you know, maybe Nick, we could start with you. Tell us what your role is at Zap Protocol and where in the world you are today and what's it like there? Uh, I'm like Papa Bear. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I like getting uh, very smart people together and uh, and uh, we, um, you know, try to build the uh, cutting edge stuff. Our, usually our problem is explaining it <laughs> to people because uh you know maybe sometimes it's a little it's a little early uh but uh this time you know a little early in the in the crypto space is you know two years or something that's so that's pretty cool i mean uh, any other industry in the past early was like like we built uh get a room.com and the more hotels was airbnb back in 95 so we were really early, and then we built Uber, not Uber, uh, livery cab, 
in 2004, no one had a smartphone, right? We were using SMS. So that was early. And then as the years go by, you know, there's a big burn rate and sometimes you disappear. So the crypto space is uh, much faster than that. So you can be early. And uh, so we, we adopted uh, bonding curve. Well, it was, it was called curation markets. And uh, we coined the phrase uh, bonding curves. I coined it because uh, it had to be a little sexier. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> or something. I was like, curation markets. I don't want to go to a museum. <laughs> and, uh, so my uh, role, I don't know what my role is. I don't know. Evangelist. I do whatever has to happen. Yeah, he does it. Yeah. Uh, I design stuff from architect. I used to code years and years ago when my eyes were better. And uh, I didn't have the retinal vasculitis. So, you know, I uh, promote the, the, the guys and uh, create the teams. And I think Eric's been doing a lot of that lately. So that's my role. Great. Speaking of the guys, Eric, what's Hello. your role? What you up to? Where are you at? Uh, my role, my role is to basically run meetings, and I talk all the time. <laughs> no, but yeah, but, we, but <laughs> maybe not as much as Nick. But like, I think that like I, I've been, I w I'm been inspired to uh, to join Zap Protocol, and basically, uh, what we are doing is. Uh, we it's interesting that you say that like uh, the community is uh you know talking a lot about it because i think that what uh recently what me and you know uh, the other people on the team have been doing has been really trying to um just like what nick is saying communicate these ideas that have been here from the uh, the the genesis of the project and i think that i've been trying to connect the communities but also driving the uh the technical force so we can actually uh you know, see what we have and push the state of the art because you can see from when Nick uh, created the bonding curve, um, its adoption throughout multiple different projects has been, you know, as is such, uh, you know, open source. So people have brought that thought process and brought that um, the utility that that has, and we've been really. You know, we we talk about uh, we're inside the, the internal laboratory, as it were. Uh, we're here working on applications. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Write that one down. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, because we were like, you know, we we're developing like dApps or zaps. And I was like, you know, I was just putting it everywhere. And that um, Nick has been, you know, around. And I think that's where I first met him. I was doing a cryptocurrency convention in Philadelphia called Coinvention, where he came to speak. And people who didn't know who he was, I was like, well, you don't know who Nick Spanis is? He's pretty much like, you know, he is the guy with the machete, kind of cutting through the jungle, making sure that, you know, a lot of, you know, making the way, you know, so he's actually. More like a samurai sword. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, you're actually just chopping away and I'm actually just, um, you know, there, you know, to pick up not just like the the pieces as it were but like to actually like build what like you know has been left because we have 
you know, we have such an awesome community and we have such an awesome amount of people because like Nick, you've, you've told me that, um, like just the value of zap is not based on like uh vc funding it's it was all it's pure community driven right yeah i mean uh, we just uh built it kept our mouth shut pretty much and uh kept building everyone else was hyping their what theirs might do someday and all that mm -hmm. and uh trying to and then they disappeared during the during the crypto winter but, you know, we went through a bunch of crypto winters and we're still here. I mean, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, uh, we don't know anything else anymore. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, what we're talking about is software. So if you're not really developing software or really pushing that daily, then I don't know exactly what you're doing. I don't know. So that's like, that's actually how, you know, Coinvention, the, uh, the conference that we met at, um, I ran the hackathon for it, and I was really trying to, uh, you know, change the format of uh, what it means for a cryptocurrency convention. Like, uh, I've I've gone to a lot. You know, I bought a suit just to go to one. I was like, oh, okay, cool, maybe I can fit in. But really, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go find the guy with like the t-shirt. You know? <laughs> like, oh, okay. So like, out of like thousands of people, you know, I found like five or so developers out of that. Uh, population of attendees and I was like wow well you know we really need to change the format and really uh, you know add the hackathon to the convention lo and behold now that you can see conventions that are running have uh, you know a, a section of hackathons that are a part of it now so it's like we understand because you know for every you know coin that comes out you know who's going to actually you know make the make the platform I think you were excited at the at the oracleization of the the competition. So we had a competition and we oracleized the GitHub and uh, mm -hmm. uh, the people who I don't know, I don't remember how it worked, but the winner, the person whose uh, code was committed uh, uh, through an oracle, got uh, the prize. And uh, yes, remember that? Yes, sir. And that's just like that. Just goes to show you is that. Um, I was actually impressed when I first learned about Lunar Crush. You guys are crushing it, as it were. But like, <laughs> and I was just like, I think that when you're looking at it through the lens of like cryptocurrency or pretty much anything through that social and a technical lens, uh, you know, that's what I first was thinking. It was like, you know, it's like that technical side is only complemented by that and i was like you know i was not really into trading i was more into like software development and i understood that that that's where the you know that's where really the value of anything comes from and actually that's like you know i don't come from a finance background i don't come from like you know like a specifically money background but the more i learned about you know what the actual dollar was how it interacts with like you know the larger uh you know, governance of like, you know, our lives that we find that uh, it really is the community that uh, gives it value. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, you know, when we started collecting social and, and thinking about these, it's almost like these micro, you know, economies, right. And yeah. utilities and, you know, you're giving kind of power back to the people that to create, you know, and that's kind of what this bonding curve, it looks like it's giving people the power to launch things and, 
and a framework to do that. So, I mean, tell us like, what are like, what are some of these apps that you guys are thinking about and like, what, you know, what is the community kind of asking for? And like, as you guys kind of have your heads down and building, you know, where's, where's some of the vision and focus right now? Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, uh, the reason why we built this is because everyone's talking about tokenizing the world. And I said, well, how the heck are you going to tokenize the world if uh, someone has to pay $5 million to get listed on a big exchange? And uh, so, you know, we give everyone a DEX. If they create that token on the Zap protocol, they get their own DEX. And uh, then I, I, and I was like, well, now they have, how are they going to pay some, uh, you know, someone has like a basket weaving token or a small oracle or something that's going to get a couple uh, calls a week or something. How are they going to pay? How are you going to tokenize the world when these uh, these uh, silos that already exist, even in our industry, really quickly, they oh, yeah. sprouted up? And uh, I said, well, you know, we're going to uh, use a, a fixed, we're going to use the curation markets as a fix. I didn't say that. Tom, Tom... Uh, Saint Laurent, which yes, uh, uh, said that, and uh, I was like, "Fuck yeah, that sounds incredible!" And then we uh, uh, implemented the uh, bonding curve. You know, I renamed it, and we implemented the bonding curve because how are you going to have a, uh, a your own token, and you're going to have to pay a market maker uh, two thousand dollars a month or something for a market maker, and give them all kinds of stuff. So uh, the 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 prefixed uh, pricing index uh, was the answer. So if you're a little guy and uh, and we're planning on tokenizing the world, everyone wants to tokenize everything, so how are you going to do that? So we figured, well, it has to be decentralized, and uh, that's why we built it in that fashion. So it can be decentralized, and uh, there wouldn't be anything holding it back. And also in the, the oracles, of course, have to be decentralized, and uh, there are some other outfits out there that are not decentralized. They claim de decent, uh, that they're decentralized. but And then other people say, oh, you can't do it because, you know, how is it going to work where anyone can post anything? Say, well, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin protocol is an oracle. You know, all the nodes uh, sit there and uh, follow the longest uh, chain, vote on uh, amongst them or whoever wants to follow the longest chain. So, you know, uh, that's working. So, you know, multi-party oracles uh, on the uh, ZAP protocol uh, is the few, I believe, is the future. And uh, uh, we have the work to prove it. We've done uh, our GitHub's uh, overflowing. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Mr. Manganero. No, for sure. Yeah, I think that, like, when I first started learning about, like, uh, that was, like, a harsh lesson, I think, that when I first started learning how to buy and sell on exchanges, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy... Like, oh, wow, what is Ethereum? I'm going to try to buy it. And immediately as I try to buy it, there's like this wall that formed on the other side. And basically I got it at the price that I want, <laughs> but for like, you know, a dollar's worth of, you know, you know, and then everything else was like shot right up to the other price where it was like slammed. And I think that that is, I think, one of the biggest like uh, accomplishments of this protocol and that when you have you know, both sides of the book being stacked up by these algorithmic players, it's, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a, for like, you know, the little guy, uh, really something that is attractive because one, you don't know it's happening and you have to have some sort of like, you know, advanced education and finance to just even have that concept moving in. So it's, it, 
really has um, changed the way I thought about, um, you know, that paradigm. Yeah. And I, I do want to go back to Bitcoin just really quick because Nick sure. you kind of touched on something that, you know, coming into this space for myself as well, you see Bitcoin and then you kind of find everything else out there. But you come to the conclusion really quickly that, you know, and there's this, you know, subset of Bitcoin maximalists that are out there and it's like Bitcoin and only Bitcoin. Right. Mm -hmm. And everything else is a scam. But if everything else is centralized and every operation is centralized, like that doesn't help us. That doesn't help Bitcoin. But having a decentralized operations out there and different programming and software that you can make, it's like the the instant next thing. And it's like, in my opinion, I feel like Satoshi would be working on some sort of altcoin project right now if he was still in the space. Uh, but what do you think the block is sometimes with with folks that are just like every other project is is pointless and everyone should only be buying Bitcoin, but still use centralized server somewhere? Yeah, that was me early on. You know, uh, it's just that the uh, uh, advancement of uh, Bitcoin itself. I mean, I just could, I consider all decentralized, open, permissionless blockchains Bitcoin in my brain, meaning uh, that's the way I'm thinking of it. And uh, so in the past, I was more only Bitcoin, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, but, you know, the development didn't happen that quickly and everyone's arguing and uh, things don't happen. So how are we going to develop you know, all these other uh, projects, are, you know, can do whatever they want and they have someone has an idea and then they take ownership and they start promoting it? I mean, I think, uh, you know, to promote Bitcoin was pretty selfless if someone only promoted bitcoin and uh in the past you know we promoted bitcoin you know we weren't you know so uh, in the past so now if we didn't have these altcoins we wouldn't have all the knowledge of what uh, you know cryptocurrency and uh, crypto economics can do and yes. uh, it, what it's doing yep. is it's enrolling people uh, uh ownership of uh, their project and their uh, brainchild and uh uh, they sit there and promote their project. They're not only people. Uh, Bitcoin wouldn't be to here, where it is today without everyone promoting their project uh, to their buddies. And oh, I have a project. I have my own crypto. Crypto. What's that? Oh, it's like Bitcoin. So then the other people might find out about Bitcoin. So you know, uh, I don't know what to say. Bitcoin is probably uh, an incredible store of value for. Uh, beginners. So Bitcoin's incredibly is great for beginners. You wouldn't, wouldn't want a beginner to jump in to all these altcoins and try to figure out something and who knows what they they'll find, you know? Yeah. But, uh, Bitcoin's pretty stable. I love Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a question. I opened the Bitcoin Center in 2013, the first uh, 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 live cryptocurrency exchange, 100 feet from the New York stock market, for God's sake. You know, Nick, my, Nick, my question is exactly that. My, my question is exactly that. You you put the Bitcoin Center right on Wall Street. What are your thoughts now about Wall Street now getting into Bitcoin? Oh, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I put it there because <clears throat> I came from a political background. I I, I ran uh, uh, much of Ron Paul's efforts uh, at the at the senior staff level. And um, I'm a libertarian, and uh, I love uh, competing currencies, and that's why I'm a libertarian. And uh, I hate the uh, Federal Reserve. Also uh, worked on the end of Fed, and uh, we even got a bill 
passed in the, in the House. We couldn't get it back, passed in the Senate because Bernie screwed us. But every time, you know, you had a candidate, a Liberty candidate show up, someone saying uh, talking against the Federal Reserve of competing currencies, you know, the media would smash him and mm-hmm. destroy him before Election Day. So, you know, when I found Bitcoin, I was like, holy, this is the first candidate that can't get destroyed on election day, this is the only tool we have. The only I finally have a weapon against these jerks who've been uh, oppressing us and uh, making, driving our, uh, uh, dissolving our our uh, place where we store our work hours. Our you know like these lithograms, these <laughs> these lithograms, Federal Reserve notes, lithograms of a dead notable are are. Uh, uh, are rotting, right? Because they keep printing more. So you can't store your worth in there because someone's stealing it every day. As they print more, they're stealing your worth that you have in your pocket. So, uh, you know, uh, the same people that were saying that, that were fighting for the powers of the Federal Reserve were the same ones fighting uh, 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 liberty candidates. And then uh, when Bitcoin came out at first, then I see one or two of them, you know, there were very few stories, Talk bad about Bitcoin. The same people were talking bad about Bitcoin. So I freaked out. I said, what the hell is this? These jerks are uh, going to run my world, my my reality. I go, I'm going to go down to uh, Wall Street. I'm going to open up my own exchange. I mean, I didn't know anything. No licenses, no nothing. So I'm going to open my own exchange and uh, I'll let the world come and see what the fuck Bitcoin really is. Because the, if they're learning from these clowns on TV, these talking heads that don't even know what it is, then it's not going to go anywhere, and I can't wait around like I waited around with other projects while I was so early that it didn't, uh, you know, they they petered out. I go, I'm going to go there and show the world what the hell it is right now. So I went down to uh, Wall Street. I found the biggest space I could, the closest to the New York Stock Exchange retail space that you walk into, and uh, I opened my own exchange. And we had pretty girls pulling the stockbrokers, bringing them into the uh, Bitcoin center, almost trading in there live, back and forth. We had every agency trying to shut us down. They didn't know what the hell was going on. I said, listen, we're not... This isn't an exchange. Uh, I just let people trade. You know, people trade here on their own. We don't get a, a percentage. If you ha- get a percentage, then it's you know, then you need a bunch of licenses. So we're you know, I'm paying for everything. I'm paying for the booze, and I'm letting people tr- uh, do what the heck they want. They want to trade here, they can trade here. But I'm not getting a penny out of it. As a matter of fact, I'm losing my shirt over here. So mm-hmm. sign me up. You want to arrest me? Here I am. Well, so Nick, that's, I, that's what I meant by that awesome. machete. Awesome, <laughs> Nick. You said something, and I think I, I think I've watched too many YouTube videos, and I can't remember where you said it, but I think it was like the assimilation of almost like the Wright brothers. Was that was that? Did you say yeah. that? Where it's like you know, you had to go like there's no way that they went to all of their friends and said, "Hey, I'm going to go fly through the sky like a bird." Right? The first time you tell someone that, they're probably thinking you're crazy. But you got to you know crack a couple of eggs to make an omelet, for lack of a better <laughs> analogy. And it's for sure. you know you got to get out there and disrupt and innovate and let the world kind of see what's happening. And it's it's like crypto seems to be doing that. It's just kind of breaking a couple things here or there very slowly. Um, but you know I, I think with over the last year, like you said, being early. I mean, we moved five years into the future over the last year with the way everything's decentralized from work from crypto, and it's it's just catapulted everything to move so quickly. And so. Um, it's just, it's amazing to see. And it's like, to think that you were back there in 2013, starting that in the heart of Wall Street probably seems like a century ago now. Yeah, especially in crypto. Crypto, when you, you know, month to month seems like a year. 
just is the how things how fast things move and it's 24 7 and it's international it's not just one market markets are completely um detached from like the the normal uh just like how things are done and that uh that was one of the things that i was like oh, oh wow there's so many people around the world that now i can see because now people are like oh why is the price of bitcoin right rising and then we're like all of a sudden super interested in what's happening in china like what's <laughs> going on inside there like you know i'm never in my life like really in, interested in what was happening in south america what's happening in the uk and so when the news of these things happening these markets move and we try to speculate so it really brings us to the international level yeah. And so I want to get back to you guys with Zap real quick. So Eric, maybe you can walk me through. So Lunar Crush has an API. We have a data feed. We have a WebSocket. We have data that we're kind of putting out to the world. So yeah, people can we can look build. at your data again? Because those graphs look cool. Because <laughs> we had that earlier on, but let's just go back to it. Then you want to see then, it? Then we can flip back. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I closed it. Hold up. Hold yeah. up. Darn. I, my question Eric, was going to be, <laughs> yeah. maybe, give, maybe give the audience a little bit of an example of, you know, how would a data provider like ourselves, you know, Oracleize and you know get this data out there, create a bonding curve. Like how how what's the intent? And how would we do something like that? The intent I feel like is I want to try to make it as you know easy as possible for someone to take like a, an API feed. Can we go to your feeds that you sell? Uh, yeah, we have our in our footer here. We have our developer section and yeah, we have our API. Check it out. Cool. Yep. So I mean, I mean, when we when we talk about like this Lunar Crush API, I want to make it as uh, uh, I think that the initial team had a really great uh, a really great idea when it came to uh, creating a widget uh, to, to place in every site, and that really what our Zap protocol should be is merely someone like an entity that is allowing you to place something on your website. In order to have that because now just like what i can see you have like a metamask integration these are all really big things that are that were you know not here not too long ago so when we talk about uh you know decentralized applications you're talking about data feeds yes yeah, see like right here so we have like a request here this by itself is something that you wanted to uh you know you, you want to price out and that you you make it really easy for developers who are just just uh, you know just uh starting out to be able to be using but these api calls really represent um something of value so once now you want to bring that value to other people you can design it in such a way that and something that i'll show in a bit uh to actually that's why the the i guess like the the bonding curve is such a breakthrough idea is because you want to control you know your uh, you know your ability to sell it. So you see all these social contributors. You're seeing the average sentiment, and really, I want to make it as easy as possible to add a widget to your site so you can, you know, effectively meter this type of information because uh, information is worth more than gold. You know, it's like okay, yeah, you know, we, we we don't think about it like that because we are surrounded by information. But what we find out is that that signal to noise ratio is like, you know, very offset. So the information that is important is extremely valuable and actually gets valuable, more valuable over time because uh, these are, uh, these are um, 
ways for us to really, um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at that request, um, it may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but we're out here to create applications like, you know, to like, you know, for you to bring in your information so we can, um, you know, create applications that can't be taken down, you know, for whatever reason, you know, yeah. it's, so it's, just to kind of add on to that. So for example, you know, any hard part about any startup is figuring out your pricing, right? And you're out there trying to identify, you know, do I charge $5 for this widget? Do I charge $10 for this widget? Do I charge sure. 100? And so does like, is this basically creating market pricing for data and kind of solving that issue as well? 100%. That is literally the issue that it solves. If I feel like it champions that idea, you could say, and I'll show this in like a visual representation soon. Um, actually, yeah, if you yeah. want to, if you want to share, go for it. We can, yeah, yeah. let's just, uh, let's just go to the, uh, I want to bring up too. I mean, there's other, there's other services that we've looked at out there and that have the best of intentions and actually a, a amazing user experience. Yeah. Um, that we've tried some alternatives to sell our data and mm -hmm. as opposed to just having like our, we have a WebSocket API, real-time data. It's in works really well. Yeah. So, so there was a, I, I'm not going to talk about which one it was, but there was a project that okay. you know, we, we were testing out um, and amazing, except for one small fact cost us about $170, I believe in, in gas fees to list our data in their marketplace. Mm -hmm. And so before we even listed, it was already $170. And then I realized that, you know what, oops, I have a typo where I want to update something in it. That's also a decentralized feature. It cost us another $30 to update the information in it. And so it's like, wait a minute, we don't even know if we're selling anything yet. And it's our, I'm already like $200 in. Um, and that was all due to gas fees. And so that, that was, that's a huge concern. Made me realize we have, we have some issues on our hands with Ethereum. Oh, um, well, well, yeah, that is yeah, like for real. <laughs> it's one thing to trade on Uniswap and you get, you know, you have a trading fee and it's three bucks or five bucks or what it varies, but it's another thing to actually use it in the context of an application. And you realize just how insane the gas fees are right now versus just say building a traditional web application that has no fees. You're just building and iterating and iterating and iterating. Like, but in the context of Ethereum, it gets very expensive really quickly if you do this in a decentralized manner. Well, okay, well, let's just talk about that real quick because I think that um, I think that comes down to the idea of what decentralization is. And I think that uh, I've been studying projects uh, for how to, uh, I guess, fissure a, a layer two version of a uh, solution to these things. I think that that's like the forefront of all of our imaginations when we were talking about how to push the protocol uh, you know, you know, whether it be Ethereum or a different chain. And you can see that um, what's really cool about uh, Zap right now is that we have a, you know, we have like a focus on Ethereum, but actually our contracts are deployed to EOS. Um, uh, we're looking to use it for the Binance Smart Chain, uh, you know, Tron, you know, and be able to leverage the uh, and, and tunnel between all of them. Uh, is because when we actually uh, have this bonding curve, we are selling against the, the supply, which uh, we actually have our own sub token called DOTS. And we, you know, there's another portion where Nick uh, came in and uh, and was pretty early on the game. So we actually, uh, we, 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 we coined the term DOT and we were like, okay, we would like to have a DOT to be able to say, um, 
you know, because we're not we're not a security. We're like we're, we actually have utility. We actually have something that's going on underneath of the hood, and um, really that can be cross chain. So that serves as its own like you know tunnel towards other things. So that's what's really uh, really useful is that um, we can be uh, flexible. I, I I like using Ethereum right now. Be only because I know that uh, uh, a lot of the scaling solutions through uh, zero uh, knowledge rollups, optimistic rollups, these different uh, new uh, advancements are coming very quickly to address that very issue. And I think that um, you know other uh, platforms that may or may not meter or sell data are great. I just think that um, what we do is completely. Um, not completely different, but you know, I don't think we're we're going beyond just, uh, you know, selling price feeds. You know, I think that we really we, we want to really be able to offer tool sets and continue to be a software development company that is produced by an open source, crowd funded entity. What information do you want to do? We have to arm people with the tools in order to, you know, promote their own liberty sovereignty like you know ever since that i've joined zap that i've seen and uh you know been speculating on all the things that we can do with it and i think that we can it is um just like when we're coming back to the community we can actually like bring all that attention and then actually deliver on these types of things and i think that's what people are responding to let's just uh look at cool. this real quick this is a um this is just our front page when we're talking about the new website um and really we're going to just go through the motions here to try to go to the new dashboard um so we can uh you know make it very easy to add zap to your metamask wallet um it you know just like a you know this is more of a, a cooking show style this is already logged in but you can see that we're going to we're really trying to push the idea of like a, a marketplace for these features um, let's just keep going. So when you can see, you, you actually have like multiple choices of um, what you can do here is that you can create your own token underneath of our platform. And it is this decentralized or uh, decentralized exchange right out the box. So that's really important for uh, multiple, uh, you can see multiple uh, whether it be time-locked tokens or uh, price quotes or piece of information like GitHub, uh, Yahoo, uh, Uniswap itself, or really um, all these different aspects. Let's see. Uh, we can see um, that we want to be able to offer immediately how to, to do that. And really, I think like what my job is is to really try to uh, make that easier. I think that we have a lot of really great features and I just want to make them easier to read. Oh, it looks like the chat is pretty. I had a friend named Eric once. Okay, <laughs> Professor X, thanks. <laughs> oh, so, no. so Eric, I can, you know, as a, <laughs> as a data provider, I can go in here and, you know, with a couple of, like basically with a couple of clicks um, and some input, be able to provide our API into a marketplace per se. And then, yeah, so here's like a demo of that. Can you yeah. keep talking? No, no, no. They just, yeah, kind of show us, talk us through that a little bit. 
Yeah. So like, uh, so I wanted to make that process easier because uh, it is, it can be a very complicated process and we want to do yep. a lot of handholding. Nope. Yeah. I want to, I want to see the, how we, how we price this thing. Like what, what's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the magic, so, right? So the magic is the first way, the first thing that we have to do is kind of like define our, uh, you know, if you want to sell something, I know that we want to think about like, you know, the sky's the limit, but really what is your, your price goal? What is the maximum supply? You know, when we say we're creating dots, this, the sub, you know, the sub token, we're really talking about the supply of our utility. Mm -hmm. Everyone's personal utility. We're saying I have, and I know that this service that I provide has utility. And then this maximum supply is, I want to add some more information on that, but like that token supply, I guess really directly correlates with um, the, that idea that we're starting to form in the back of our minds when we talk about crypto, crypto economics. This is your white paper, your, your supply. And we can continue on. So let me let me ask a question on that. If yes, if that means like let's say I think you have ten thousand you know tokens as an example. Let's say we sure. said we were we are only going to allow for one hundred people to ever subscribe to our WebSocket API max. Oh. That's it. And okay. if and if if you want to get access, you're more than welcome to be on a waiting list. But that token holder of someone that subscribes to it is now potentially more valuable because all hundred are gone. Yeah, and then so I would then make a maximum supply of 100 then. And then yeah. they can sell it in your market to someone yes. directly? Right off and your website. Well, you can actually delegate it directly to another another address. A widget right on your website. You yes. don't have to come to our marketplace. You're going to have your own uh, uh, widget on your website. Yeah. Use, so, Cloudflare. Use Cloudflare, please. Yes. <laughs> so you can immediately yeah. see here that our uh, the amount of Zap... I think we actually we, we added a uh, a feature where you can change the um not just the amount of uh, the supply but zap so just keep that in mind. But the idea here is that we want to make it as easy or as granular as possible. We understand that some people may want to keep it. Like for instance, here the price doesn't change. What if I just want everything to be egalitarian? I think that the person who came before me and the person who came after me inside this cycle really, you know, will pretty egalitarian. Um, but that's just depending on what your application is. I think that um, if you wanted everybody to have the same, uh, not just like necessarily playing field, but like everyone have the share the same price, then it gives you this flexibility. Other projects that have used bonding curves like Avogachi, um, what are the other ones banned these are fixed curves or uh, even like in some ways that you could think about a uniswap being a pricing curve um you really you're really seeing that the supply and what you actually get um is fixed so if you're on if you're looking at avogachi you don't actually have you know that's i would say that avogachi would be like oh uh, that is their bonding curve for their website but here we can be just the, the protocol on top of that. So you can actually have a variable amount. And we can see here, what we're trying to do with the app is be able to um, start with a model, maybe a linear model, and then be able to uh, 
let's see, change that. Let's so let's see. So you can see on the on over here, we can be linear, we can be exponential. You know, I think that really we can take these dots and move them along. You can make a, a very interesting pricing model. Maybe something you need to have like dips and programmatic peaks at different places. And I think that that's where we're trying to we're trying to. So you have to let's see. So you want to be able to uh, store this information. We're really interested in uh, development uh, developments like Filecoin in order to uh, allow uh, to take the custody not away from the user, but to allow uh, if the IPFS node to go down that decentralized file system that we can continue on repeating their data for them or with them. And then we can see that we want to confirm our, our pricing and we can say, okay, we want to have this egalitarian or this this pretty consistent constant. We can see that how everything is priced, what is the actual provider, and then uh, we'll be able to be uh, listed. So if we actually hit play, let's see. And so while this is running, when we're listing this, yes, um, like if we have a WebSocket real time, data is just coming at you. I mean, like I saw JSON. I mean, this is not just a file, right? This is just continuous data that's coming down and that we're providing and that's kind of in real time people can connect to that yeah we have uh temporal contracts where uh, uh we allow uh web uh, we open up web sockets and uh yeah you can just have a streaming data also you can have video uh and i think that's where the one, cost comes one from dot, one dot per mm -hmm. per uh, ethereum block and uh it'll keep the you know keep it open for you so you can someone's building a a telephone. I'm calling it a telephone, but well, <laughs> <laughs> like a telephone where uh, you know the person. If you want to call me, you got to buy my dot and then stick it in, and uh, then you can talk to me for uh, one one of my tokens because uh, either they, they, they can be internal or they can also be rc20s so yes you have that choice so if someone wants to uh talk to you on the phone they're gonna have to buy and they want to talk to you for uh, uh 10 minutes they'd have to buy 60 uh dots right no yeah no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry 30 dots or 30 erc uh, 20 tokens that were generated uh, by the uh, by the Zap protocol, and uh, stick them in the in the phone, and then they can talk to you for that long. Or if you're using on the EOS platform, uh, or all the other platforms we're working on. I mean, EOS is finished, so I mean our connection to EOS is 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 up and running. So mm -hmm. if you want to make it cheaper, transaction fees. You can do it like that. You know, we have many fixes for the transaction fee, but so we have anyway. It's essentially the rate metering of anything. Of anything, yeah. I want to be able to take that, and we were, you know, Adam and I are like always inside the uh, the lab trying to think what is a really cool thing to add, and we want to add services like uh, Zapier. We want to be able to like yeah. actually have like a tweet paid for, and have that automated. 
through that, I'm trying to get, I'm going to pull up a, like a live demo of the curve production as well. Yeah, what is this? Isn't a live demo? No, this is a video that I have prepared. Let me, um, here, can you like, uh, so let, me, let me open up a different, um, window here. Yeah, when, when you're ready, ready just, when you're ready, just let me know. Sure. Let me, uh, let me pull this up. While he does that, Nick, I want to know what, what, what was the most influential thing you learned from Ron Paul? With your time with him, <laughs> most impactful well, thing know, that impacted you. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with Ron and uh, with Dr. Paul, and uh, you know the TV has him as one thing, but he's something. He's more like uh, you know John Wayne or Clint Eastwood than what the TV would, TV would have you think. You know, they try to make him kooky or whatever. Absolutely not. I mean. And as a doctor, he delivered 5,000 babies. Uh, he went to Congress because we came off the gold standard. And he's never taken any, like, um, lobby money. And uh, he's always stuck to his guns. And they called him Dr. No because he usually voted no on everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they can't control the guy. And uh, oh, the only thing guiding him are his principles, you know, not money. So... You know, it's all true, and uh, I got to get into his workout regimen because he works out twice a day. He did like five miles on the on the treadmill and uh, fifteen miles on the bicycle, ten miles on the bicycle. At the wow. end of the day, he did two workouts wow. a day, and I'm not sure how old he is now, but uh, he's young, mid eighties, something like that. But he's yeah. young. I mean, he's. Uh, wow. Isn't that what they say that doctors die old and quietly and the rest of us die young and loud? <laughs> I oh, yeah. the doctors at the gym. <laughs> but they never told you to go to the gym. Right. <laughs> so just come back to the wow. graph. I want to be able to like, you know, expound on that and show that okay, so I, I mentioned that we have like a constant. So okay, I'm gonna buy and sell and it'd be constant. I wanted to linearly change over time and uh, literally give the ability to have like an exponential rise in the value of my data. But what we're trying to do here is make it really easy to create um, variable instances to maybe if you wanted to have wow. a small dip that would be on purpose to say, okay, maybe the cost of your data really needs to rise quickly in order to meet like early shareholder uh, engagements. And then we can make it cheaper again in order to, to drum up a lot of, uh, you know, maybe the community and then have it go pyrobotic. Let's, you know, that's what these, what the tools that I'm trying to create here are, are doing. And I wanted to make it as easy as possible because Really, at the end of the day, I think that a normal user doesn't have like a, a degree in math where I can express like a piecewise uh, linear function and then be able to be precise about it enough to the point where uh, I'm profitable. You know, that's just not what a normal person should do. I really took a lot of thought um, from Photoshop, actually, about how these, you know, how uh how we abstract because photoshop's like this great visual tool 
and it does all these really complicated things and we don't know any of the mathematics underneath of it. We don't need to. And I think that, um, I think that if you really did have like a precise y equals mx plus b type equation in your mind from like a a um, an economic model that you've been producing with your colleagues um, um, versus someone who's like crypto go up, you know, I want, <laughs> you know, or nothing, or um, you know, if it, you could if probably it, show's exponential growth and decay on there, yeah. So you can see that I do have like an actual uh, ability to show what that function is and how that um, really what this is and then what this numbers are or what, how it's stored onto the chain. So this is very important for pushing the state of the art as we know it because we have the ability to have that type of granularity uh, to be produced. And I think that this is... Uh, it, generates, it generates the formula that uh that you're pricing uh to is based it. on so it's, uh, it's really dangerous. Wow. cool yeah so you can actually see this is not in the standard form usually your exponents are what's first and cardinality but um uh the, you i just wanted to keep it like in this format so you can see one to one how we actually store it onto the chain and if you read the white paper you can see that the first is just saying how many um uh, terms they're going to be uh you know from like constant to uh, x to the one x to the two and then these kind of change as you add more curves and the complexity grows but yeah uh, the you know the ease of use does not so this actually is 1.24 times 10 to the, you know, uh, negative eight X cubed, you know, uh, that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but they get it when they see the shape, you know, it's just like airplanes, you know, like we just wanted to have the lift, you know, we wanted to be able to see where the lift off is and how to create it and make it easier for everybody to do. So I'm not speaking in mathematics right now or any type of like Bernoulli. Yeah, or any type of like, you know, distribution, you know, we're not talking about Gauss, I'm not talking about Bayes, I'm not talking about really anything. I'm just trying to... You can even do it the other way around. You can say, uh, you know, it's worth more earlier if it's data, you know, and the more people who actually get the data, it's worth less. Douche. So yeah. now we can say it's, it's worth a lot. And then uh, let's see, try to make it, you know, bend downward really quickly. Exponential decay. Mm-hmm. It's interesting... It's interesting to think about hmm. even another input of this, which would be kind of a cost input of other data feeds that potentially you're building on a piece of software. So it's ah. as you're building those pricing models in, you're you're saying, okay, this is my cost factor, or even like not software, it's like manufacturing something like a fiberglass, right? Like what's the price of oil? What's the price of everything else that I'm building into this? And how can I adjust based on these other data inputs? And against not just against another data put but in conjunction right because i think that that's where my mind goes is that a lot of what we've been trying to do has been to, to update the tool set to allow the technology that we have to be uh used but we're talking about pushing the state of the art and to say what kind of applications can we write on top of that because now that we can have like a deterministic price of these assets over we can actually have it deterministic across assets just like Uniswap, Uniswap has like a router. It goes 
from one point to the other? Where can we connect these ideas? You know, this is what I think at the end of the day, make people really excited because I like when it goes up though. Can you point it up? I like it when it goes up too. Yeah. Or we can make it so be like sad face, a happy face. Start there. Yeah, that's better. Very cool. <laughs> well, no, you can see you put in a lot of work on this and it's it's really nice. Yeah. I think it's gonna open up a lot of doors and I think it's gonna uh it's gonna uh, kick open the doors. It's gonna <laughs> yeah, sure. I think uh, it's already opened a lot of doors and I think people um are gonna get uh more acclimated to you know calculus without even knowing about it. So and that's the point, man. It's just like you know, I think we're taking we try to take in and we try to sample of intelligence from other pro uh you know software because at the end of the day this is software it's not it's not anything um you know it's it's open source everyone can use it doesn't matter what your politics are or who you are it's not actually up to me and I think that that's I think that's the most important aspect. What's the timing on this? When does this get out there? We're shooting for the the first quarter. I think that we're we're getting to the point now where I can actually demo it comfortably. There's a lot of little, little bugs that we're going to have, but I think that um yeah, the first quarter and that's, you know, I think oh, your your social, yeah, your social metrics are seeing that. It's that we have like a really tight feedback loop between us and, you know, I'll go on Telegram and just like, you know, you know, not make it a big deal to like ask me anything. You know, like just ask me right now. I'm here, and I don't think that you get that in crypto. There's always seems like there's this onion layer between you and the people who are making it, or you know, maybe because no one is making it, you know, or if no one is spending the time. Well, they're trying these... to hire us to write it for them. Yeah, yep. Yep. <laughs> because yeah. you know this. You know, it is tough. You know, really. You know, I'm. You know, a programmer, you know, really, I'm just the person who's just banging my head against the wall you know, until, like, you know, it works. And I think that uh, a lot of these problems that you mentioned before, like scaling, um, you know, just being able to, like, postulate what these ideas are um, is, 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 is difficult. So when you, you're, you know, early on, I was, you look at the metrics coming off of something like a GitHub to see if you want to actually invest in it. And I think that people see that from a mile away. People actually can like, you know, they see us talking about it. We actually have like a tight feedback with like what features that people want. Like for instance, I didn't have a, cal uh, a calendar to go to a specific date on it. And I listened to somebody and then I immediately put it in my developer chat Someone's like, oh, yeah, that definitely should be there. And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. It took us like, you know, less than a day. Maybe, you know, it's something very simple. But um, that means that people heard. Uh, yes. You know, they, they felt heard, you know. And uh, I, uh, you know, I am, um, you know, I feel a very, uh, you know, blessed and privileged to be able to serve an open source community because that really does change the software model, it really changes like the tools that you want to actually create and it actually builds us all up. And I think that I, I feel very, um, I feel, I feel great about being able to be, to deliver that. You know, the most important thing what you just said is you were listening, they were saying it, but you know, a lot of times if you're not listening, 
You're not getting that feedback. And then it doesn't get built. It doesn't get thought through. I mean, it's, it's funny, even on our end, I run product, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm doing marketing all day. Yeah. And Joe's our CEO, but he's running DMs and support. I mean, if you DM us on Twitter, you're probably talking to Joe. It's yeah. like, but, but if we don't, we're not evolving properly. We're just like, they're speaking out there to, to, to no one. And then you lose. So it's like, you know, it's so important to have this kind of dual community role, no matter what your role is in the company. And oh, yeah. You know, I, I would so say true. like, I'll be on calls for literally everything from not just software development, but from, you know, I'll be pulled into a marketing meeting. I'll be like, you know, uh, no, that actually doesn't look good. Do it like this or like, you know, or when I develop a feature, how will it actually. Um... Checking your, uh, your, yeah, your, your I had... Android. <laughs> no, I had COVID, you know, I had COVID. Oh, COVID has a lot to do with the bonding curves. Uh, oxygen uh, bonds to your hemoglobin, and uh, <laughs> it, it goes through your circulatory system, and uh, you know it dumps out as it goes through your circulatory system, it, throughout your organs and your body. And uh, what happens is uh, your uh, endothelium, the sheathing of the of the inside of your veins, is are like ports. So if your body needs oxygen in this place, the ports open up and let it out in the capillary beds. So <clears throat> what happened with uh, uh, COVID is your endothelium is sick and it just pour, lets it pour out everywhere. It's like all your ports are open and you know you get hacked of your oxygen and never gets to your never gets to your liver or your kidneys. So I, you know, I knew about all this stuff, whatever, and I had a, a, a hyperbaric chamber uh, 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 that I had in store. I pulled it out and I. I set it up in, Jan in February, January, because I was looking at this stuff early. And so whatever, I got sick a few months ago, and I said, oh, let me just go to the hospital, you know. I had double pneumonia, and I'm sitting there dying. My oxygen's going down 89, 88, 86. It was at 84. They put the cannula in my nose, and then they couldn't. I said, doctor, what are you going to do? Where's my Trump cocktail or something? What the hell are you doing over here? He goes, oh, we're going to observe you, and... And then my oxygen went to up to 91 with the oxygen. And then it started going down again. I said, Yo, why don't you observe me? Get the fuck out of here. I'm getting out of here. So I, <laughs> I held the wall and I got out of there. And then I got security guards around me and I'm threatening them. I go, just leave me alone. I'm getting the hell out of here. So I got in the cab. I went to my house. I jumped in the hyperbaric chamber. And that's uh, Henry's law of thermodynamics, right? Uh, when you have a, a, a gas or a liquid under pressure, two atmospheres, you double... If you have double uh, the atmosphere, uh, atmospheric pressure over liquid, that solubility doubles also. So all of a sudden, my oxygen, instead of being low, I doubled it to like, you know, 160%. And then uh, I, I got out of there. And in like three days of using the hyperbaric chamber, I was, I was healed. Wow. So, fuck them. <laughs> That's well, speak, speak, yeah. Speaking of COVID as a segue, and I know we're coming up on the hour here. Uh, what, an insane year with economics and, you know, the oh. amount of money that's kind of come onto the market. And, you know, like, you know, Nick, you were saying as a libertarian, someone with Ron Paul, like money supply highest it's ever been. Right. We're, we're coming out of a, Whoa. you know, a time where like even in 2008, you know, velocity of, of money in circulation, it didn't go down like it did, you know, in March and April and May. Right. Like the economy, what, you know, GDP was down 33 percent. Right now we're starting to come out of that, you know, once everyone starts to maybe start moving a little bit, if 
GDP gets back to one to two percent where it's going to land because that's where it's always been. The amount of money is the highest it's ever been that's available. And now it starts to circulate faster. I mean, we're talking about a situation that we've never been in before here in the United States. I mean, do we see some sort of inflationary world that, you know, we've never seen before? I mean, wh where do we go from here with crypto? And what do you guys think, you know, both of you guys is the last thing, where do you think we, we end here in the last, in the next year or two with the way that that, that kind of sets up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, what do you expect? I mean, if they print more money and they tell all the GDP's up, no, you just poured out a bunch of fake money, uh, additional fake money to drunken sailors and they're buying more booze, but they're going to pass out soon and then what happens? So the whole thing is uh, discombobulated, you know, the whole, all their metrics are all screwed up. It's all just to fluff us up and uh, have nowhere to go. Sorry about that. Yeah, people are like, about oh, the price about of Bitcoin. COVID, but it was a bonding right. curve in there. People yeah. are like, price of Bitcoin's rising. I was like, well, I think the American dollar is falling. Yeah. I was like, uh, it's a different mindset, you know? Do you think yeah, they ever, Bitcoin. do you think they ever get out of printing money? Do you think this actually stops at some point? Is that even possible? I don't. Well, they're going to create their own crypto and they're just going to create more and more and more and more and more. You know, it's not going to have a fixed amount. You know, mm -hmm. it's not going to be permissionless. It's not going to be anything. I think if after the governments make their own uh, uh, crypto, it's going to help us because it's going to onboard more people into Bitcoin much easier than having to put a wire through a bank or something. You know, I think it's great. Yeah, I think that is the biggest issue is that I think that like, you know, when you look at um, uh, other countries, they are more apt to like use their telephone to pay for something. They'll just go up and then hit it. I think that it's yep. a minority here in the, in the States for that type of move. I think that people in terms of like electronic money only deal with like a debit card or stick to cash, you know, but other countries, uh, they have that, they have that like mindset. So the faster that our country and others like, you know, adopt an electronic form, it'll onboard them in a way that they'll be already used to it. And they'll be like, oh, I'll just use that or, you know. Yeah, I'll make my own token. I'll make yep. my own. My own yeah. yep. That's right. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, I, I really appreciate both of you coming on here. Uh, you know, we got a big day in America. Hopefully, you guys uh, are, are looking forward to the future and, and what we can all build together. And this was really awesome. And, and everyone that's watching, I really appreciate you being out there. This will be on YouTube, Twitch. It's already on Periscope, which is going to go away. So, Twitter video for not too much longer. But we. Oh, know, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. I appreciate both you guys coming on here and, and all the insights and we're looking forward to, you know, for Zat, man. This is, this is really awesome. Yeah. Thanks guys. This is great. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank